Paul knows that his life and ministry are nearing the end. He understands that. And therefore, in the last stretch of his journey to Jerusalem, he visits brothers and sisters to encourage them. In Macedonia, he spends three months encouraging the disciples there. Paul himself, at this moment, needs encouragement. He needs assurance. He knows that the Holy Spirit wants him to go to Jerusalem, but he also knows that he is going to suffer. And therefore, he uses his time as he encourages believers to also remind them everything else that he has taught them and everything that he knows, everything he thinks they need to know to remain faithful. And then he comes to Troas. This is a church that Paul is visiting for the first time. It is a young church. He spends a week in Troas, and then the first day of the week, which is Sunday, the resurrection day, because they were celebrating the Passover or Easter, remembering the death and burial of Jesus Christ. He joins this church in worship. And he is given the pulpit to speak. So Paul is a guest speaker in Troas. But because he, he knows that he has a short time, and probably this is this being the first time is also going to be his last time in this church. He wants to tell them everything. And so he preaches an endless sermon. He goes on and on and on and on. Some of you should be glad that Paul is not your pastor. <laughs> and as he preaches, encouraging believers, probably reminding them about the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, giving them everything he thinks they need to remain strong in the Lord. We are told that there is a young man in that church who probably was playing his PlayStation at night, the previous night. Or probably he, was, he watched some movies that night before Sunday. And so he did not sleep well. Or maybe he works. And he still had to come to church. He's a faithful young man. 
He wanted to hear what the apostle had to say. And he sat there on the window, maybe just so he may get some breeze to keep himself awake. They didn't serve coffee in this church. And Paul went on and on and on. And this young man, Eutychus, was sitting on the window. And he, could, he was struggling, closing his eyes and opening them. Whatever he had, amen, he would jump out and he, he, he would come to life. And he would go on and on. And, and Paul is preaching. Paul is caught in this spirit, just sharing God's word the best way he can. And Eutychus is waking up and, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> and then he suddenly fell asleep and he couldn't control himself. And maybe, just maybe, Paul said, praise the Lord. And everyone responded, praise the Lord. And Eutychus fall from the window, from the third floor to the ground and died. So now, the church that was enjoying the fellowship, the worship, the message, the joy of being in the presence of the Lord is grieving. Because one of their young men, one of their faithful members has just died. And you know, people are not supposed to die in church. They're supposed to come alive in church. The church is not meant to kill people. It's meant to revive people. You don't come to church so you can die. You come so that you can be alive in Jesus Christ. But someone dies in a worship service. Can you imagine what's going on in the minds of these believers? Suddenly their joy and encouragement has turned to sorrow and grief. What is God thinking? And if it was a, a, a church like this where we have some people, you know, uh, joy, you know, the, the older youth in that church are probably asking, God, why didn't you take me? I know I wasn't sleeping, but at least you could have still taken me. It's a tragic death. Everyone is shocked. Everyone is confused. Now, 
Some of you may read this text and say, I will never sleep in church again. And that's good. That's good. But that's not the message that Luke is passing to us today. It has nothing to do with sleeping or not sleeping in church. While the believers are asking themselves questions, while everyone is confused, wondering what has happened, it's Eutychus that has died. Mothers are crying, fathers, everyone is looking and asking questions. Probably some of them are blaming Paul for preaching such a long message. You could have ended it, Paul. Paul realizes the problem. The worship service is interrupted. And Paul rushes down to the young man. And he lays on him. It's something that we see also in the Old Testament when Elijah went to that upper room and laid on that son. And Eutychus is restored to life. And I like what the Bible says in verse 12. The people took the young man home alive and were greatly comforted. Eutychus' restoration reminds the church of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the truth that Jesus is the resurrection and life. This very incidence is here for the sake of the church in Troas and for the sake of Paul. God uses this incidence to strengthen and encourage Paul in his faith. But he also uses it to assure the church in Troas of his power and his presence. This is the first time the Troas church is experiencing a miracle firsthand. They are believers, but they have never seen God at work in such a practical way. And God is telling this church that they can trust him. By restoring Eutychus to life, God is telling the church in Troas, I have the power to turn your tragedy to joy. That's the message 
that the church needs to hear, and that's the message that Paul needs to hear. God is able to turn our, tra our tragedy into joy. Yes, there are things that he allows us to experience. Yes, there are painful experiences that believers go through. Believers go through a lot, including death, death of a loved one, sickness, terminal illness, disappointments, and distress, and many other discouragements. But every believer can endure every experience when they realize that the God they trust in is able to turn the experience into joy. It becomes so difficult to go through a painful experience if you have no hope. It is so difficult to take care of your loved one who is sick if you have no hope. It is so hard to encourage another person who is going through a painful experience when you have no hope yourself. It is so hard for Apostle Paul to submit to the Holy Spirit and go to Jerusalem where he's going to suffer if he has no hope. And therefore here, God is using this experience, Utica's experience. This is not an encouragement for any of us to sleep in church. Don't say, oh, thank you, Lord. I thought I was going to stop. <laughs> but now I realize you can use my experience. You'll have to die first. <laughs> and unfortunately, Paul is not here. God is able to turn our tragedy to victory. And I know as I say this, some of the questions that come to our minds are, well, I have gone through this for a long time. And I don't see how God will turn this to joy. I have gone through this for a long time. And I don't see how God can use it to encourage me. And I understand when we ask those questions because I have asked such questions myself. But then I look at how the Lord works. When God saw that we were heading 
to hell. When he saw that we were destined to perish, he sent his son. Because the greatest tra tragedy is hell. Eternal punishment. He sent his son to be born by a virgin. And when Jesus was being born, that was God's way of telling the world that I have come to turn your tragedy into joy. No wonder people sang and they continue to sing, Joy to the world, the The world understands that the coming of Jesus brings joy. And yet the world continues to reject Jesus. And by doing so, they are rejecting the joy that God is providing. And Jesus showed this. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He opened the eyes of the blind men. Everything that he did restored joy to the people. He fed them. Everywhere he went, he did good. And every time he did good, joy was restored. And then he died on the cross. They crucified him. They nailed him there. And they laughed at him. And God used that death on the cross to tell the world that I still have power to turn your tragedy into joy. And you are welcome. And the cross stands as a God's invitation to every person, every person who is willing to submit, to acknowledge that he, she is a sinner and turn to the Lord. And we are invited to the cross so that we can experience the joy that is unspeakable. And if you are a believer, if Jesus Christ is your savior, you might be going through some tragedy right now in your life. You might be growing, going through some pain in your life, some experiences that make you ask questions, experiences that makes you want to doubt God's love. And my encouragement to you today is look at the cross. And hear the words of Jesus when he says, it is finished. Everything that is needed for your tragedy to be turned to joy has been accomplished by Jesus Christ. Because every pain that you can experience, he has experienced it. And so, as believers, what Paul did here when he saw these believers in confusion and in grief was to run to the boy, to the young man, 
But he was doing that. He was actually running to the Lord for his life. What Paul did was come to that young man and demonstrate the power of the Christ he was preaching to the church in Troas. And that power is still available to us today. And therefore, for each one of us, for every tear that we shed, my encouragement to you this morning is that you may turn to the Lord. Look at Isaiah verse 20, chapter 25. In verse 8 and 9, the Lord says, He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day, they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. God's people are promised that their joy, even when it is threatened, God will still restore it. And some of us have experienced this in our lives. We've experienced it when we saw God answering our prayers. We've experienced it when we saw God helping us grow in our relationship with him when we saw him enable us to know him better. We've seen it, we've experienced this joy when we saw God bringing us closer to him in our relationships, helping us deal with our conflicts, our personal conflicts, giving us peace, strengthening us, Helping us to go through experiences that we wouldn't have gone through on our own. And all these promises and these experiences assure us that there is no one and there is nothing that can take our joy away. The Lord comforts his people by turning their tragedy into joy. Turn to me to Psalm 30. Turn with me to Psalm 30, sorry. I just want to point you to Psalm 30, verse 11 and 12. And the psalmist says, you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. The sackcloth is the cloth that one puts on when they are grieving. That, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. This is a heart that has realized that his joy 
Her joy is in the Lord. No matter how strong we may think we are, no matter how faithful we may be, there are experiences that we may face that will threaten to take away our joy. Because the experiences, painful experiences that we go through, sometimes they blind our eyes so that we don't recognize the presence of the Lord in our lives. And the joy that the Lord gives us is the ability to realize that he is present with us and that he is able to walk with us and to deal with what we, to deal with what we are going through because in his presence there is fullness of joy and the joy that we get from the presence of the lord is our strength we experience that strength when we realize that the Lord is with us. And I'm telling you, every difficulty that you face, every conflict that you may go through will want to make you forget that the Lord is with you. That is why in the story of Joseph, from the time he dreams to the time his brothers want to kill him, to the time he's put in prison because of Potiphar's wife, the author keeps on reminding you that the Lord is with Joseph. So the author wants you to realize that yes, he is going through these difficulties, but the reason he can still be joyful, the reason he can still be faithful, the reason he can still trust in the Lord is because the Lord is with him. And you don't hear anywhere in Joseph's lives him doubting the presence of the Lord. But you see him responding in a way that makes you realize this young man trusts in the Lord. This young man is walking in the Lord. This young man is enjoying the presence of the Lord. He is strong because the joy of the Lord is in him. And if anything, if anything, you and I, need to realize that when we are going through these challenges of life, and I'm telling you this because I'm going through them as well, you need to realize that you can be strong 
you can be joyful every time you run to the presence of the Lord. Every time you remind yourself that the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. You know, I just realized a few days the reason my wife sleeps better than me. I just realized this is a secret. <laughs> I've been wondering why do I wake up all the time and when, I mean, we could be talking and suddenly she's gone. <laughs> and when she's gone, she's really gone. And I've been wondering, why can't I sleep the same way? And then I, recently I realized what the secret is. And you can ask her, she can share with you her secret. She has a verse from the Bible that she's put on a wall in our bedroom. And it says something like, you will make me sleep in peace, something like that. And for the first time, I have seen that verse work in her. And I was even telling her, I may need to look for a verse for myself. Because one day she was, I want this verse. I want, she was, something was working in her. And from that time, she sleeps like a baby. Could it be? Some of us don't sleep well because we are trying to carry the burdens that the Lord wants to carry for us. Could it be that some of us need to turn to the Lord and just tell him, Father, take it from me. I don't want to worry anymore. I don't want to, to carry this burden anymore. Take it from me. Let me enjoy your comfort the way you want me to. Lord, take this pain and turn it to joy. Let me enjoy your presence. Maybe some of us this morning just need to turn to the Lord and ask him. You know the things that keep you awake if that is your experience. But you also know, you also know the burdens that you carry and the Lord has promised to carry them for you. He is able to turn your tragedy into joy. Will you ask him for his comfort this morning? Let us bow our heads.